episode of the Life Podcast. And it wouldn't be a show if this, if this didn't have my brother, Big John L. John, what's good? What's going on, Scott? How you doing today, bro? Always good. Always good, especially when we sit down here in front of these mics, man, and we and we get to chopping it up over, over what it is that we love, man. And that's just, you know, music in general. And then, you know, the impact of, of this thing of ours in the community. I think... I think now is a good time, man. I think it's time that we get we get a little controversial with it. Okay. I hope you don't mind. I hope you don't mind. You know never, I mean? never mind, never mind getting dirty. All right. So what 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 I like to do here first, you know, is remind the people, man, that you know the conversation doesn't begin or start or doesn't begin or end on these mics, man. You and I continually talk about this, man, off offline, man. And one of the things that we were hitting on a couple of days ago was the impact. Of, of of death. What I want to do is, if you don't, if you don't mind, man, is, is is just dig down deep into what that actually means. So let me let me clarify what I'm saying, man. So you know, we've we've had some bad luck, man. You know, these past couple of years, most most notably and most recently, of course, is is Nipsey Hussle, man. That was a good brother. You know what I'm saying? And he was he was gunned down way too early, taken from us way too early, um, over some nonsense. You, you know what I mean? And he had left behind a, a good body of music, but music wasn't the only thing that that he contributed to the community. Music wasn't the only thing he contributed to the culture, man. He was also very active in, in his community, man. And so, you know, taking the focus away from Nipsey just for a second, we're gonna circle back to that, man, but there's this phenomenon that occurs anytime, you know, Anyone, you know, of, you know, that, that that's 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 making an impact, you know, in the community passes away, you know, their music is then elevated, you know, and put on a pedestal and, you know, deservedly so. I mean, we need to honor, you know, what they've done, you know what I'm saying? But I think the question should be is, you know, to what lengths, you know, do we go? in doing that, you know, are, 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 are some of these artists given unfair accolades based on the fact that they passed away, that they were taken too early from us? And again, this is not about ranking their art. This is not about criticizing their art after they passed away. Obviously, they're not here to defend themselves or their art. So I'm not, it's not about disrespecting the dead. It's about understanding this phenomenon. Correct. You know what I'm saying? Understanding this phenomenon and, and, and getting to, you know, not necessarily the root of it, man, but understanding it. You know what I mean? Right, right. Clarity. Yeah, clarity. That's exactly the word I'm looking for, man. And um, and again, it's, it's not just you know particular or specific to music. I think you can you can touch on this phenomenon, you know, on on any category, whether it be sports, politics, you know, even in your neighborhood. You know, somebody that passes away, out come the stories. You know what I mean? Oh, right. I remember when he wrestled a bear down to the ground with his bare hands. Remember that? <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, what's up no with that? Like, where, where does that come from? You know what I'm saying? Like, where? Man, the best thing I can say, man, is people try to, I think it's a coping mechanism. Yeah. You understand what I mean? Whereas, you know, there are the, you know, the stages of, you know, grief, you know what I mean? Anger, remorse, you know. Um, and then finally you get to the final stage, which is, which is acceptance. Mm -hmm. But I think before they get to that final stage, that's where those, I think within anger, you know what I mean? It's somewhere on that spectrum between that anger 
and that disbelief type, you know, spectrum is where these mythological things kind of spring up, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's like you said, a memory of the individual and what, how capable they were, whether it's physically, mentally, or, you know, however, spiritually, or if it was how they left this world. Right. And I mean, there's so many, like you said, that you can talk about. I mean, one of the funniest to me is Elvis. We're not even gonna waste too much time, but I, 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 I just gotta all the conspiracy theories about Elvis, man, and and, and it was just because I'm, you know, uh, when Elvis died, I was alive, and then you know for years it was like on the news, like Bigfoot, Elvis was spotted at a coffee shop. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Crazy. It's crazy. 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 And then you know, as I was doing, you know, the research on this topic as we were preparing to get on the mics, man, you know. All you got to do is go online and just type in death in hip-hop. And I was kind of disturbed, you know what I mean? Because a lot of the hits that came back, there were lists that were ranking these artists based on how good they were. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't necessarily, there were more lists that were ranking them based on their body of music. And they weren't, you know, rather than lists that were in chronological order, which is my opinion, how it should be. You know what I mean? Like, again, these, these they're not here. They're not here to, to defend themselves or their art form. I don't think right. you know, ranking them based on the quality of their music is, is, is how we should do this, man. So, you know, in, in doing that anyway, you know, I just, you know, I just want to throw that in there, man. But in, in doing that, in doing that, in doing the research, you know, I would say 90% of the list that I came up with, they begin with one date. They all begin with the same date, August 27th, oh, yeah. August 27th, yep. 1987. Yep. And that's Scott LaRock. Yep. You know, shot and killed in New York City, you know, um, you know, rumored to be defending D-Nice against an issue he was having in the projects. And um, say what you want, man, but I think his death, you know, it sparked a shift in hip-hop. You know, not just a shift in KRS-One, and BDP, but it shifted hip hop, right? You had the self-destruction movement that came from that, man, and you had, you know, I think it, it kind of kicked off a, 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 a rise in consciousness from both a lyrical standpoint and just hip hop in general. You know what I mean? It sparked, you know, the backpack movement and all that where, you know, I think people were starting to get more conscious with their lyrics and kind of understanding what their responsibility was to to the culture, to the public, and to the youth. You know what I mean? And um, you're starting to see a dip from that, just like with anything, you know, um, trends rise and fall. You know what I mean? True. But, um, you know, it definitely sparked something in KRS, man. And he, you know, he took off into the stratosphere, you know, after Criminal Minded. And he put in the, the hip hop Mount Rushmore for a reason. You know what I mean? I'm not going to give. And I'm not going to say it was just because of Scott Rock. I mean, he was talented at that time, you know what I mean? But it definitely sparked, sparked him in that movement. But then, you know, as you go through the list, you know, there were some other events that I think sparked a shift in hip-hop. And I think the next obvious date is September the 13th, 1996. And that's the, you know, the death of Tupac Shakur, you know, as a result of uh, that drive-by shooting in Las Vegas. And then as we go down through the list, 
you know, March 9th, 1997. That's big, you know, shot and killed in LA. And then there's a date that meant something, you know, to a lot of us in the culture that kind of flew under the radar a little bit. And I think you know where I'm going with this one, man. That's February the 15th, 1999, you know, Big L getting shot and killed in New York. And this is a, this is a guy that was on the rise you know, Big L was on the rise. And I, I want to start the, the discussion with, with Big L and kind of work backwards on Big and Tupac. Um, All right, that's cool. With, with Big L, right? You know, we're kind of, you know, we're, we'll talk about those three and then we'll move forward again through the list, right? So with Big L, right, him getting killed. I mean, just keeping it 100, right? I mean, when he was killed, you know, February 15th, 1999, I mean, he still qualified, I believe, as, as an underground artist. You know, somebody that was just on the cusp of, of hitting it mainstream. You know, he, he introduced the world to, 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 to Jay-Z on that Stretch and Bobbito episode. You remember that, right? Oh, come on now. How can I ever forget? You yeah. introduced me to it. Right. And remember, Jay was Big L's guest. Big, Big L was Correct. the feature. You know, Jay, just, Jay was just tagging along. Right? And then Big L gets, gets killed. And it's like, I, I, I got to wonder, I mean, do you think his music... If he had lived and he had continued, you know, along the path that he was traveling at that time, do you think that he would be as mythological as he is now? In my personal opinion, and I know there's going to be a lot of people pissed off by this, I got to say no. Okay. And here's the reason why I got to say no. Well... Because he's highly regarded as one of the top true, lyricists true, of all true, time. True, and I gotta true. wonder: is that because he was killed? Is he, I think I, in my personal opinion, I think it is because people are going to get mad at me for saying this, and I hope we don't <laughs> lose any uh, followers. But I, but I gotta be honest. I gotta be honest. I gotta speak my heart. And to me, Big Al, and this is how I describe like uh, other rappers as well. You have. Lyricists, and then you have rhymers, and to me, they're different. Okay. And I and and I put Big L in the category as a rhymer versus a lyricist. I mean, Big L had the crazy vernacular, like E40. You understand what I'm saying? Big L was always dropping new slang. I mean, but he wasn't like a lyricist where he's going to take you without every third or fourth word having to rhyme, mm -hmm. he's going to still take you on a journey. You know, I think Big L was caught in between that, and this is going to sound crazy, but like that 80s style of rhyming, mm -hmm. like that special ed, old you know school. what I'm saying? Old school. Old school, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, not necessarily old school, like, you know, like, like you know, like, uh, you know, Treacherous Three and all those guys. I mean, but like a special ed. You know what I mean? Where, you know, everything was pretty much right out there, out front. There, there weren't any double and triple entendres. Mm -hmm. Everything was flat. Um, I and I think he was, mm -hmm. yeah. And I, and I think, I think that's why I put him in the realm of a rhymer versus a lyricist. You listen to LL from the eighties, what made him different and stand out in my opinion is the fact that he wasn't, overly rhyming everything he was a lyricist you understand yeah. and, I, and 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 if big l's if he would not have changed 
And if he would have stayed a Reimer, then I don't think his career would have been as great because his career wasn't like, I mean, it was about to blow, but he had been on the scene for a minute. It wasn't as if he was just like this new cat who was, you know what I'm saying? He had been on the scene for a minute, like bubbling slow. So I would have to say that, yes, his death catapulted his career more than what it was when he was alive. I got you. I got you. Um, you know, as you walk down through this list and we and we go back and forth about these artists, you know, of course, we're going to get both sides of the equation. And so, you know, being from New Jersey, being from the East Coast and, you know, as deeply into hip hop as I've always been, I was very, very familiar with with Big L. You know, um, I, I was always a huge fan of DITC, the Digging the Crates crew. I was a huge fan of Lord Finesse. I'll never forget the day I was in the city. Can't remember what I was doing. I saw Lord Finesse, and we all ran up to him like he was God. You know, Lord Finesse was was that dude for us. You know what I mean? And so anybody associated with DITC, regardless of their role in that crew, got legendary status just on that, just on being a member of that crew. And Big L was like, you know, one of the shining faces of True. of DITC, man. So you know, you could do no wrong as far as we were concerned, you know what I mean? And that's, I, I think that's an East Coast thing. You know what I mean? There are artists on the West Coast where if you talk to somebody from LA, they'll have a similar response. You know what I'm saying? And Mac you know, Dre. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, you know, again, Mac Dre, his music wasn't for me. You know what I'm saying? And you know, another one that was taken from was way too early. You know what I mean? Um, but similar, right? Very, very similar. So DITC was that for us, you know, being from Jersey, being from the metro area, that was that was it for us, man. So I was very familiar with Big L. You know, he was on the underground radio stations. He was on Video Music Box. You know, he's being interviewed, you know, uh, by Stretch and Bobito. So we heard those freestyles and we lost our minds, our collective minds when we heard it. And, you know, his use of metaphors, you know, the, you know, the way he delivered his lyrics was just, it just blew our minds. It was, you know, and his, his cadence, his, his voice, it was just amazing to us, you know what I mean? And to hear that he died, um, how do I say this? You know, I mean, again, I'm, I'm going strictly from memory. I think by the time he passed away in 1999, you know, I gotta admit that I was already on to the next thing. You know what I mean? Like, Put It On was, was dope to me. You feel me? Like I was, I was a huge fan of that song, man. But um, I'm not saying he wasn't dope. I'm just saying was, to yeah, me, he's like yeah. more of a rhymer. That's right, all. Right, right. So, but looking, you know, to answer the question, if he had not passed away, and you know, if he had not passed away as violently as he did, you know, forcing us to deal with that tragedy the way we had to deal with it as a community back then, you know, it pushed his music to the forefront. True. You know Let me I mean? ask you this question. Yeah. Was he one of the first to get gunned down over a potential drug beef? You know what? Hey, that's not how he passed away. I think the way he passed away had to deal more with somebody in his family that, you know, a certain other crew was trying to touch. And they, and they couldn't touch because that member of his family was was in custody. You know what I mean? And so... You know, it was street justice, man. You know, Big L was, you know, the next one. 
you know, he's next to Ken. You know what I mean? And, you know, if I can't touch you, I'm going to get your little brother. You know what I'm saying? All right. So, so since we're talking about the hype surrounding people's death, so are you saying that it's not necessarily accurate that he was part of a crew, Big Al was part of a crew that used to rob drug dealers? I'm not like saying that. Whole... I mean, I, I'm not, honestly, you know, I'm, again, you know, I'm, I'm, we are about keeping it 100. I am not privy to that information. I'm just telling you what I heard. I got you. you and, but saying? we are talking about all the mm-hmm. circumstances surrounding, you know what I mean, the rumors, the hype. Right. You know what I mean? So... I guess it goes with, I, I guess it has to be mentioned. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to speak ill of the dead. I'm just mentioning what some of the rumors, that's what this sh- segment of our show is about, mm-hmm. rumors surrounding people's deaths in hip-hop. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the, you know, pretty much prevalent rumors that I heard. Right. Now, again, I'm not from New York. I'm from Pittsburgh. Right. So, and at this time, I was living down here in Maryland. So, it's just one of those things, man. But that's one of the rumors that I heard. Yeah, I I just heard that you know he was he was killed as the result of something that somebody in his family was doing that or or had done, and somebody in the streets felt like it had to get dealt with, and that's what happened. As sad as it is, you know what I mean. But hey, gotcha. One of the greatest storytellers in hip hop, man. You know what I mean. So do I think that his legendary status is deserving? Absolutely, absolutely. He was a lyricist during a time. During a time where the game was full of lyricists, I'm talking about Nas, you know, Big, you know, the whole Wu-Tang Clan. I mean, great storytellers. And Big L, Big L was in that discussion, man. You know, he was taken way too soon, you know. And um, I think, you know, a lot of his best work occurred before, you know, Lifestyles, which was right. his, his his studio album. You know, a lot of right. his stuff was underground, but hey. You know, um, I do think he was deserving. I do. I do. Well, I'm glad we disagree. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's not too often that we disagree. So I'm very happy we yeah. disagree. Okay. <laughs> All right. Cool. So let's let's walk it backwards now. Let's go back to March 9th, 1997. Now, this, this should be a good conversation. Right. This is big. Okay. You know, it's Biggie Smalls, you know, widely considered to be, you know, the greatest hip-hop artist of all time. I, mean, I can walk down the street right now. I'm in Jersey right now. I could walk down any street in this neighborhood <laughs> and ask anyone who the best rapper is of all time, and I can guarantee you pretty much 90% of those answers will be Biggie Smalls. And, the, and you know, you know what's, what's interesting about that is most of the people that I ask, they weren't even born when he died, which is even more curious because that just adds to the legend. You know, he died 1997, John, that was 23, 24 years it. ago. Don't say it. Don't say it. 24 years ago, man. That Big passed away. And I and Big, you know, what I want to say, man, he, he's one of my favorite artists of all time. Big is one of my favorite. Is he my favorite artist of all time? No. You already know who that is. That's Nasir Jones. Yes. You know what I'm saying? But Big yes. is, is one of my favorite artists of all time. And, um, you know, his, I already know what you're going to say, so I'm not going to say it for you. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, um, but he was taken way too soon, and he was taken way too early in his career. Is he deserving to be on that Mount Rushmore of hip-hop artists? I got to say, he was damn sure on his way. He was damn sure on his way. I think a lot of the accolades given to Big, 
are based on the impact, you know, that that his seminal songs made. But I, I wonder, I wonder if a lot of those accolades are also given based on the potential that everyone thought that he was going to achieve. You know what I'm saying? No doubt. No doubt. So I mean, I'll throw it back the, at you for that, for the response to that. Did he, did, did Biggie achieve his ultimate potential? Is that your question? I think, no, what I'm saying is I'm just throwing it to you for the response to the overall, right. you know what I'm saying? I just think, I, that, got you. I just think that a large part, and I think a disproportionate, you know, part of the accolades given big are based on what, <clears throat> what we thought or what we assumed he was going to accomplish based on the impact that ready to die and life after death achieved based on the body of work that we have available to us. You know, what would he have right. achieved after that? You know what I mean? Those songs were huge parts of our, of our culture, huge parts of our history in, in hip hop. But, no doubt. You know, so I'll leave it at that. And, and that's, that's where I come in with kind of like the whole, you know, to me, I think, and, and I think I said this about maybe one other hip hop artist, but to me, Biggie's like the Gale Sayers of rap. You understand what I mean? You saw just enough to know that he was going to be great. Mm -hmm. You didn't, you didn't actually see the whole body of work because dot, 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 dot. Yeah. Insert reason. Right. I mean, but you saw enough to know that this kid was beyond a shadow of a doubt. And I don't, I'm not calling him a kid. I, when I start talking sports, everybody becomes a kid to me. I don't know why, but, uh, but, um, but he was going to be one of the great ones. He just had big stepped on the scene with the swagger and the demeanor of, of I'm already here. I'm already great. You guys are just catching up. You understand what I'm saying? So it wasn't as if, and, and, and I think that's why a lot of people put him on such a lofty pedestal. Like you said, you, you're in Jersey. You walk down the street, everybody's going to say, big, greatest rapper ever. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And deservingly so, it's, it's hard for me to say that it's not because even though he only put out two LPs, they were both straight Fire. Classics. Yeah. I mean, Life After Death was fire from the moment it dropped. Mm -hmm. And I mean, him him passing away, you know, definitely added fuel to that fire because it's the last one. So because it's the last one, you're going to spend more time on it. Um, but with respect to just like casting his shadow forward and just seeing what he would have become, I think he would have become like if I put him in Big L at the starting line together on the date of their death. And which one is going to be better is going to be Biggie. Okay. Um, you understand what I'm saying? I like, do. I do. like, because they didn't reach their full potential, but if I'm going to measure them and I'm just measuring them based off of where they were and using where they were to say where they're going to go, Big Al wouldn't have been able to touch Big. I guess my question, though, my question would be, you know, not trying to rank, you know, them, but is big deserving, you know, the, the, the you know, I think where, yes. yeah, where we put him in the hip hop echelon, is he deserving to be up there? Where yeah. Is? Like I said, I think yeah. he's like the Gale Sayer of hip hop. Right. You know, I, I think we saw just enough to put him on that pedestal. Right. 
And I think that, that, that in itself is, yeah, <laughs> that in itself is completely amazing. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, given just the, just the, the history of hip hop and to be able to say that about someone that was really on the scene for what, three years? Four yeah, years? It was four short. Years? It sounds crazy to say that, man, but three or four years. And, you know, here we are 25 years later, John, and calling him the best ever. He was only on the scene for three, four years. I guarantee you this. You go anywhere on the face of this globe that bump hip hop. Mm-hmm. And you put on Juicy. What's going to happen in that space? Oh, people are going to lose their minds. That's enough said. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I mean, you, and that to me tells you the impact. Mm-hmm. That because everybody can't be wrong. Mm-hmm. You understand what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody can't be wrong. No. Yeah, I think it's I. I think you probably have maybe, if you put all hip hop heads in one basket, you might have fifteen percent, maybe that. And I'm just I'm really trying to push it to the highest I can possibly imagine. You might have fifteen percent of all hip hop heads in the world saying that Biggie isn't one of the greatest artists ever. Okay. Let's walk back to one more date before we start moving forward again. And that's September right. 13th, September the 13th, 1996. Mm-hmm. That's the death of Tupac Shakur. Now, I think this is going to be a very controversial conversation because this is kind of, I think, where I split from, you know, the rest of the hip hop universe. You know, right. you know, again, walking down that same street here in Jersey, I think if there was another name to be thrown into the hat as to who the greatest hip hop artist is of all time, you know, if it's not big, it's going to be Tupac. Oh, and, yeah. And, you know, um, they're forever connected. Not because of their skill on the mic. They're forever connected because of obvious reasons. You know what I mean? And um, I think if we were to look at them just as hip-hop artists, I think, you know, just looking at Tupac's body of work, I think Me Against the World and Tupac Lives Now were exponentially better albums than All Lies On Me. I think All Eyes on Me was, you know, a lot of fluff. You know what I mean? And I, I can't imagine I would get many arguments on that. Um, I think his last album, Machiavelli, was a, was a classic along the lines of A Life After Death, along the lines of A Ready to Die, you know, along the lines of any other classic hip-hop album out there that exists. Machiavelli was just a phenomenal piece of, of art. I will agree with you about that. Machia- Machiavelli is a, cr- yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. But I think Tupac's, the reverence that we have with Tupac Shakur has more to do with who he was as an individual, who he was as a person, and what he stood for than his lyrics or his music. You know what I mean? And I think that same thing could be said for somebody else we're going to talk about in just a little bit. But I think Tupac's, you know, why we revere him and why we look at him as much as, as... as you know, as we do, is reminiscent of like a Malcolm or a Martin. You know what I'm saying? Or you know, somebody that the black community looks to for for light. You know, for guidance. You know what I mean? As 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 a defender of of us as people. You know, it has less to do with hip hop music. I think we play Tupac's music because that's what we have. 
to hold on to. We play Tupac's music the same way we, we play Malcolm X's speeches, the same way we play Martin's speeches, the same way we read about them in our history books is the same way we look at Tupac. And it has more to do with, you know, with who he was as a person, his interviews, you know what I mean? The way he bucked the system, the way he went to prison and took it like a soldier and didn't complain, you know, at least not that we know of. You know what I mean? Um, was he a good hip-hop artist? Yeah. He was an amazing hip-hop artist. Um, but again, this is just me and my opinion, and my opinion don't mean shit to nobody, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, there were better artists than Tupac. You know what I mean? And I think, you know, he's given, and I, you know, I think if we were all to look at it, you know, with complete honesty, were there songs that touched people? Absolutely. Absolutely there were. You know, were there songs that changed people's lives that Tupac was responsible for? Absolutely there were. You know what I'm saying? But Again, I think the reverence that we have for Tupac has more to do with who he was as a person and what he stood for socially. Bucking the system, you know what I mean? Doing, you know, standing out as a leader, you know, in the community, you know, socially. It had, you know, had more to do with that than it did his, his music. Makes sense? You know what I'm saying, John? No doubt. Okay. And I think one of the things that gets mixed in with Tupac to make him even more beloved is the fact that he was so real as a person. You know, people, I mean, it's not lost on a lot of folks, man, that don't forget Tupac shot, he shot a cop. And was, <laughs> he saw, and, was and, and, and got it dismissed. <laughs> and got it right. So, yeah. so, you know what I'm saying? So he had, in addition to his music, that's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. I, I prefer Tupac's music after he came out of jail. Because to me, it was more mature. You understand what I mean? It was it was more introspective. It, it had more wisdom to it. Okay. And it just wasn't a bunch of, how can I say, a bunch of niggas on a joyride. You understand what I mean? And and that's where his early music was. You know, a bunch of L.A. niggas on a joyride. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, so I I preferred his progression, his, his progression, excuse me, over his earlier works, man. And um, when you look at who he became after, especially coming in and out of prison, And how his personal life started to morph, dude, man, was I I honestly believe if he could have made it through that time, and I'm not even talking about not getting shot because that death row situation that he was in, you know what I mean? He was out on a million dollars bail. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, you know, those those cases were coming at him. Mm -hmm. So if he would have made it through all that. I think we would have seen maybe one of the greatest hip hop albums ever to be released from him. You know what? Because, I agree with that. I agree with you. You know, no. because he was so intelligent. Pac, man, and, and I rock with Pac more 
as a political activist than I do as a hip hop artist. That's what I meant. That's what I was getting at. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, because yes. I love his, I mean, don't get me wrong. His music, again, after he came out of prison, I rock with more of that. I mean, I rock with his early stuff, but I rock with more of everything since he came out of prison. And, um, but him as a person, man, is, you know what I mean? His, that dude's energy was, he was a real one, man. And, and 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 I think you know, and I know we're going to talk about him later on, but he remind. I think another hip hop artist who was unfortunately taken from us too soon um, reminded the hip hop community as well as others of Pac. You know, and they're from the same you know geographical region. So I think Pac was an incredible person, man. As a hip hop artist, on a scale of one to ten, by the time he died. I would give him a nine, mm-hmm. but where he was going, I would give it a 30 I agree because with that. he, because he was he, to hear the stories. And I'll leave it with this to hear the stories about how feverishly he was writing when he came out of prison the last time and was in the studio with death row and to hear Dre and those guys talk about like dude was on a mission and he didn't want to okay let's go eat all right cool let's let's get back to the studio let's get stop liquor store get a couple bottles of hennessy bring the weed we're going back to the studio all night long dre talks about he did uh he he dropped almost all of machiavelli in like three days straight yeah i heard that I heard the same thing, and I, I agree with you 100%. Yeah. I agree with you 100%. You know what I mean? So he had so much pent up in him to drop Machiavelli and then to think that he was about to go back to prison, this time with a clearer mind, and he was going to come out even better. Yeah, man. So when he died a nine, where he could have been a 30, um, I definitely think that Pac is up there, man. I agree 100%. I think... You know, Brenda got a baby struck a chord with me. You know, I get around was that party song. You know what I mean? You know, but I think Tupac struck a chord with me, like really caused me to take notice when I heard Machiavelli. Right. You know what I mean? And that, to me, I think sparked the beginning of who he was becoming as an artist. He was coming into his own with Machiavelli. Like he was hitting his, he was hitting his stride with that. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, I think the frustrating thing for me is I you know, imagine what he would have done as a as a as a as a follow-up to Machiavelli. Knowing who he was as a person, knowing what he stood for, knowing what he was capable of as an artist. You know what I'm saying? Machiavelli was so much of a more mature album than All Eyes on Me. It was so much more cohesive. And um yeah, it, it's 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 hip hop perfection, you know what I mean. True, so, true, true, true. Is he deserving? Now let's ask the question: Is he deserving to be on the Mount Rushmore? Mount Rushmore is getting mighty mighty crowded. We're going to have to have levels. Uh, we're going. <laughs> we're I agree. Have to have the I, best I'm just saying: CD. Is he is he deserving of the accolades? I guess is a better question. Is he deserving yeah, as the accolade I, as 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 one of our? Huh? I I think he is based yeah. off of what we both said. I think he is because yeah. There, you can't talk about Pac and just talk about his music. You got to talk about Pac as a person and his political activism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. 
All right. So we can, you know, we can have a whole show just talking about Tupac, man. But we got to move forward. We got to move forward. The next date I'm going to throw at you, and I know, you know, this is going to mean a lot to you, but it, it signaled another shift, a uh, significant shift in hip-hop, and that's October the 30th, 2002. Uh, that's the day that Jam Master J was shot and killed in New York in his studio. And yeah. it's still, still to be unsolved, you know, and that there is no debate. Now, again, this is just me. This is Scott Pearson's opinion. You know, but I can't imagine anyone would challenge me on this. If they do, then they're in for a long day, right? There is no debating the greatness of Jam Master J. Jam Master J was the architect of hip hop, pretty much as we know it right now, the architect of the DJ, the architect, the architect of the DJ in performance on live, you know, on stage live. It's Jam Master J. He was the architect of Run DMC. He designed, you know, what we know and love of you know, as run DMC. Right. You know, that was Jam Master J. You know what I mean? Run was the lyricist, but Jam Master J was, was the enforcer. You know, he's the reason why they wear the all black. He's the reason why they wore the Adidas with no laces. He's the reason why they wore them, them hats. You know what I mean? And he was, you know, the quintessential, you know, DJ, you know, in performance, sitting back there on stage. People came to see Jam Master J, just like they came to see Run. And, uh, and DMC, you know what I mean? And I think him getting taken, not just when he was taken, but how he was taken, you know, it carved a huge hole in the collective heart of the hip hop community. And I don't think there's really too much more to be said about that, but you know, um, is he deserving to be on a hip hop Mount Rushmore? I mean, I'm not gonna answer that, John. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, we can, <laughs> There'll be too many things that we'll be talking about. That's just too much in agreement with one another. So yeah. short answer from my side of the fence. Yes. Yeah. Man. All right. So let's get forward, you know, to, to some more dates here. And I don't know how to preface this one, man. So I'm just throw the date out there, man. And a little bit more current June the 18th, 2018. So a year ago. Triple X Temptation was shot and killed in his car, getting getting robbed at gunpoint, and was shot in the head. And I'll be completely 100 with you, John. Before that day, I didn't know who the hell he was. Neither did I. And again, that's just me. That's just Scott Pearson. You know, again, my opinion don't mean shit to nobody, man. You know what I mean? And, you know, I'm a little older, and I completely understand that this young man appealed more to, you know, the younger generation than he would me. You know what I'm saying? But I'm not going to debate or criticize or be critical of this young man's music. I think the reason why I did not hear of him, as a matter of fact, I know the reason why I didn't hear of him was because, you know, he, he you know, the type of music that he made, you know, that, that, that genre of music was just not my cup of tea, you know what I'm saying? Um, no doubt. But in talking to like my nephew and talking to, you know, younger people like that, you know, they, they put him way up there on the pedestal as someone um, that is, you know, heavily regarded or highly regarded in hip hop. And, you know, so I went back, I listened to his music and I maintain, 
you know, my assertion. You know, it, it's just not my speed. It's just not my thing. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just really not, man. And, um, like, in the most respectful way possible, you know, do I think he's deserving to be on this hip-hop Mount Rushmore that we've, that we're, that we're erecting? I don't think so. You know, and maybe it has a lot to do with his, with his age and, you know, his, his body of work, you know, what he's accomplished, you know, up until, you know, the, you know, June the 18th when he was taken from us way too soon. Was he a talented young man? Absolutely. You know, did he impact, you know, the culture? I think so. <clears throat> you know, did he move the culture forward? You know, if you ask, if you asking me that, I don't see that. I don't see that type of movement. But if you ask my nephew that, if you ask his friends that, they'll say, hell yeah. You know, he, what he did, what he was able to accomplish, you know, as an independent artist, you know, on these streaming platforms like SoundCloud, which is where he was, you know, which is where he was, he was noticed. I mean, I think what he did was revolutionary. You know what I'm saying? He, you know, was able to reach, you know, extraordinary heights on his own, releasing music on his own. You know what I mean? So, um, did it signal a shift in hip hop? I don't think his music signaled that shift. I think it, it signaled, you know, um, something in our community that needs to be um, discussed with a lot more urgency, and that's the violence, you know, that our young generation is, you know, exposed to. You know, and in closing out, you know, what I'm going to say about this and talking to my nephew about it, what disturbed me the most was how insensitive or, or not insensitive, how desensitized they were to him getting killed. This is the social media generation. And, you know, scrolling through YouTube, scrolling through IG and, you know, I'm talking about the, the minutes and the hours after he was killed. It was a blip on the radar, man. You know what I mean? It was a blip on the radar, and I think right. I think that's a shame. You know what I mean? I really do. I mean, that young man meant something to a lot of people. He was somebody's son. He was, you know, he's now somebody's somebody's father. You know what I mean? His his child would never know him. Would never know him personally. You know, and I think that's an unfortunate thing. And I think, uh, you know, what social media is doing to our younger generation needs to be addressed. But that's a different conversation. True. True. And, you know, a lot, <clears throat> a lot of people were saying that he was so big in hip hop because to the younger generation, because of his subject matter. You know what I mean? He was talking about, you know, feeling like harming himself, feeling like cutting and all those sort of things that this younger generation is into that we have no concept right. about. Right. You know what I'm saying? And he gave a lot of those kids who felt like that, kind of like that Island of Misfits toys type of thing, he gave them that voice, from what I understand, from what a lot of people were saying at the time that he was killed. And I'm like you. I did not know who he was when he was killed until after, you know, after I started reading about him. Um but if somebody, like if he was sitting next to me, I wouldn't have known who he was. Mm-hmm. You know, I looked at him like he's a kid with a lot of tattoos. He looked like 90% of the other kids his age, you know? Yeah. 
And again, not, not taking away from what he was able to accomplish in hip hop. You know, I think, um, you know, his, his contributions deserve respect. His contributions deserve attention, you know, but you know, the whole purpose of the show, you know, were his contributions amplified because he was killed, I think it's a resounding yes, for me anyway, for me. I remember after he died, you know, they were playing music of his and, um, you know, while I understand the appeal, I understand, just like you said, I understand the, the, the audience he was trying to reach. You know, is he deserving of a place on Mount Rushmore, I don't think so. I have to go with a no as well. I definitely got to go with a no as well. Yeah, in the most respectful way possible. You know what I'm of saying? course, yeah. of course. All right. The last one I think that we should address is, you know, March 31st, 2019. And that's Nipsey Hussle. Now, I want to start this conversation kind of similar to how we started talking about Triple X Temptation. Um, I have a lot of friends that are from the West Coast. Um, I spent a lot of time, you know, in the Philippines. A lot of my friends there um, are basketball players in the professional leagues over there, and a lot of them are from California. And so my introduction to Nipsey was in the cars of my friends as we were driving to and from different places, and they were bumping Nipsey Hustle. Um, so I was actually exposed to pretty much all of his underground stuff, the marathon, the marathon continues, all that, even his newest, his newest album. Um, and like I said, I'm from the East Coast, man. You know what I mean? So like my ear is a little different, you know, to me and my comments of them at the time, I remember distinctly was that he sounds like Snoop. You know what I mean? He sounded like Snoop Dogg to me. And that's not a bad person to emulate. Snoop is one of the greatest artists of, of our generation in hip hop. You know, he, he definitely moved the culture forward. You know what I mean? But I think, you know, the you know, the accolades, I think, you know, the reverence with which that we look at Nipsey Hussle now has a lot more to do with what he was doing in the community, which I had no, I had no concept of. I had no idea that he was that powerful in the community. I had no idea that he was doing as much as he was doing in LA. You know what I mean? In South Central, in those areas that you know, that needed attention. He was, he was putting in that work, you know, boots on the ground, improving the community that he grew up in for the people that he grew up with. You know what I'm saying? For the children in that community. And I think for that, you know, he is deserving of the reverence. He is deserving of, you know, the adoration that he's been getting since his untimely passing. True, um, true. Did I like his music? You know, um, not really. I'll be honest with you, John. I, I, I'm not a fan, you know what I mean? And, that, and that's okay, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's okay. Like, were there songs of his that he made that I liked? Yeah. But I think what impressed me the most about Nipsey were his interviews. Have you ever heard any of his interviews, man? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that's, yeah. No, I'm, I'm not trying to cut you off. I just wanted to say, just complete the thought here. That young man had his head on his shoulders, man. You know, he had a, a business aptitude that I had no idea about. If you had just given me, you know, his, his mixtapes, given me his album, given me his music, and try to, you know, 
and try to understand, you know, who he was, I would have failed miserably. I would have, I would have missed the boat on that. You know what I mean? I think who he was as a person, you know, was more representative <clears throat> in a sit down conversation along the lines of what I heard, you know, on, on the breakfast show, on, 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 you know, what I heard on my XM series, you know what I'm saying? Talking to Sway and all that. That was a bright young man right there that was doing big things in the community. And that was a, a candle light that was extinguished far too early, far too early. That, 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 that young man was doing great things in the community. And I feel a little embarrassed that I didn't know any of this until after he passed. Those interviews, you know what I mean? What he was doing in the community, that was something that I missed that message. And I'm not particularly proud of that, man, because I, I, I try to keep my ear to the street. I try to, you know, stay plugged in, stay locked in, you know, with, with what's going on with the culture. But, um, you know, what he was doing in the community should be commended. Who he was as a person, as a family man. You see what's, you know, what he was doing with his family, you know, and and how he was taking care of his, of his kids and his, and his wife and things of that nature. I mean, he should be commended. I mean, I can't say it any better than that. Um, my introduction to Nipsey Hussle was my nephew mm -hmm. a few years back. Um, we were on a road trip, I think, like always. And I think we were going to a Steeler game. And he plugged him in. And the first thing I said was, damn, this dude, because I can't remember which cut it was off the top of my head, but he was talking about business, empowerment, and you know what I mean? And he was like, you know, I got to, you know, he said something about Hove. He dropped uh, Hove's, Hove's name. And I was like to my nephew, I'm like, who is this? He goes, oh, man, it's Nipsey Hussle, man. He's kind of he's kind of dope. So then I started tracking him a little bit more. Um, now, I wasn't seeking his interviews out like I was after his death. But I did come across a couple of interviews here or there just because, you know, a lot of his music I was listening to, I was listening to off of YouTube. Mm -hmm. You know how YouTube is. They have clips all mixed in together. Um, so I saw an interview or two of him there, you know, nothing nothing major. But I was like, damn, dude, like, same thing you said. Dude got his head on his shoulders. Mm -hmm. um, I think he's definitely deserving of being on the, you know, the Mount Rushmore that we're speaking of this evening. Simply because, again, like... Pac, and earlier in the episode when I said, you know, there is another artist who was out there from the same region as Pac, I was referencing Nipsey Hussle, man. You know, because Nipsey, man, he touched, like you said, through his efforts in his community, he touched so many people well beyond the music. And I think that is what really helps elevate a person. I don't care what field or excuse me, which field a person may find themselves in. But when you can take that field and use it as a platform to go and do something else in order to help the common person, I think that person who can do that deserves to be commended. You know, because that's not that's not easy. That's very difficult. Yeah. You know, because you're seeing yourself in a way as a servant 
even though you're achieving so many different things in your life, your, your mindset is still that I'm a servant of the people. I have to help. Where I see an issue, where I see a problem, I have to try to figure out a solution or empower people to develop a solution because that's not right and I want to change it. And to be able to have that such a clear mindset at such a young age, that's the biggest thing that I'm impressed with this young brother about, man. He's young. I mean, he was a young dude. So, again, the same thing, like I said, about uh, Pox Machiavelli, the album after that would have been, you know, 30, you know, million times greater. What Nipsey was about to accomplish, his marketing strategy with the Marathon Clothing Store was downright ingenious. And it hadn't received the level of attention until after he died. But nobody in their mind ever thought about doing what he did with his logo. So everything now is a video. So now my you know, I ain't gotta go down the business model, but I will briefly. Everything that I sell is now delivering more content to you. Kind of like when we back in the day first came up with the t shirt, Scott. What did we put on the back of the t shirt? Scans on it. The scan joint. You know what I mean? Not that we were just thinking the next thing. What's the next thing? Just in t-shirts. What's the next thing? How can we market ourselves the next way in t-shirts? Oh, we came up with, oh, let's put the scan joint on there. Mm -hmm. He took the scan joint to the next level. Because now you scan that joint and you got a whole, imagine us having our light podcast tee and on the back of it with our scan joint, it's a whole episode. Or it's our website with all of our episodes yeah. that just pop up and they just automatically start playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. Definitely, I mean, this, he was definitely a leader, man. He was a leader. Yeah, man. He was. Yeah. He was. He was. He was. As my dad used to say, "Be down the block and around the corner before your ops even wake up." You know, be down the block and around the corner. Yeah. So far ahead of his time, man, and it. It hurts a lot of people and it affects a lot of people when those folks are taking away from us too soon because the potential, you can see it. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's very clear. People are now in those, you know, in the form, in the stages of grief. Yeah. You know, disbelief. And then, you know, in, the, in that spectrum of disbelief, it's the conspiracy theories. You know what I mean? Oh, he got killed because he was doing a Dr. CB uh, documentary. Listen, Dr. CB's information has been out there longer than Nipsey Hussle. So if you're, if Nipsey Hussle was your only jump into the Dr. CB information, then I would tell you you need to widen your pool of information, where you gather information from. I'm glad you got the information from Nipsey about Dr. CB. But Dr. CB was talking about Dr. CB for a very long time, <laughs> you know. So that that whole he got killed because he was doing doc. Most of the information about Dr. CB is already out there. It's public knowledge because he was suing everybody, mm-hmm. and everybody was trying to sue him, which worked to his advantage because he had to pub publish what he was accomplishing. So now what he was accomplishing became a part of law. 
or excuse me, it became a part of these court cases. So it's public information. You can go and read it yourself. You know, his clinical trials, because everybody was trying to suppress them, but because he had to go to court, he had to show them. Mm -hmm. Oh, now they're evidence. Now they're public record. Now you can see them for yourself. And now you can see that the man was on to it. He was a genius. Yeah. I, um, you know, even though Tupac's message was different from, from Nipsey's, I think they are very similar in that they are both, you know, incredible leaders in the community. There are people that when they speak, they force you to kind of turn your head and look at them and be like, okay. When I heard him speak in that interview, you know, I was taken aback, you know what I mean? Because, you know, he spoke, you know, some realness about business. He spoke some realness about the community. He spoke realness about what needs to occur in the community for it to rise and become better. And um, he spoke with the same level of urgency that Tupac spoke with, you know, when I heard his interviews. And I think if, you know, if there was any way that we could wrap up this this podcast, and it's it's one of the harder ones to wrap, man, because, you know, I just feel such sadness, you know, when talking about these artists. You know, again, the intent was not to critique their music. You know, the intent was not to rank these artists. The intent was to discuss the shift that occurred in hip-hop, you know, due to their untimely passing, and to, you know, critically, I guess, analyze the impact of their passing, you know, with respect to their music and how their music is now being received and criticized. You know what I mean? Is Tupac deserving as the greatest rapper? Is Big deserving as the greatest rapper? You know, is Nipsey in that discussion? And, you know, it's just meant to generate more discussion in the comments. So please, if you if you have something to add to this conversation, of course, you can add it in the comments below. But one of the things that I wanted to say as we wrap this up is as I was doing my research and, you know, I, I came upon like three or four lists that gave me the information that I was looking for. And the big thing that I want to say here at the end of the show is the list is far too fucking long. John. No doubt. The list is, I mean, it just goes on and on. If the list had two people on it, it would be far too fucking long. This needs to stop. You know what I'm saying? Hip-hop was not made for this. Not blaming hip-hop as the catalyst for their death. You know what I mean? But these, you know, these these shining young princes, you know, that we had that were making these incredible contributions to the culture should still be here with us. You know what I mean? Continuing their message, you know, continuing to deliver their message to us, man. And they were ripped from us and their narrative was cut short far too early um, it just makes me so sad you know to even have this conversation you know what I mean I definitely know what you mean man and basically you know you know me Scott man I'm always looking for the message in the message in the message because I always believe you got to take things like you talked about a couple times during this ep let's walk it back one step let's walk it back and the message and the message and the message here is a couple things. One, live your life to its fullest because you never know when you're going to go. Two, learn. Learn from these individuals and understand what they were trying to accomplish and try to apply some of their methodologies in your individual life. You know, because at the end of the day, man, 
the way we learned growing up, Scott, I know you learned it as well. Each one, teach one, so we can all reach one. 